0: Are we on? So that portable device called an iPad that you can take anywhere in the room and control the sound. (laughs) Thank you, Simon. God bless. Um, Folks, well, good morning. Um, You know about Mike and Annie, the thing that I'd often say about those is every church needs a Mike and Annie. And, and, and I often say that, I've often said that about you to other people, and I, what I mean is because you love God, you love each other, and you just love other people. And so much of the message of what I want to share this morning is about that, and you personify that, and you are that, and the way that you have given of yourselves at the time that you've been here has been exemplary and has just been an inspiration to many of us. What I love about it. Uh, and this is in no disrespect, is, is your age and the way that you have shown us the way. And, uh, and that is absolutely tremendous. And we're very sorry to see you go. And, uh, and goodbye. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that at all. Uh, chose, choosing good words this morning, aren't I? And with that is Phil and Hannah, as many of you know, uh, much love to us and have led the way in our worship over the last few years and they returned to England in the summertime, and uh, and with that, you know, for, for both, it, that's, it's sad, it's a sad time. But I wanted to highlight this, I was just thinking about this uh, just this morning, you know, as they go, others come. It's a kingdom dynamic, isn't it? It's like, if, if we want to find our lives, we need to give it away. And there's this kingdom dynamic about giving that we then receive. And so much of our worldly existence is about what can I get, what can I get, what can I gain, what's in it for me, and everything that we're talking about this morning is about giving. It's about laying our lives down, it's about serving, it's about releasing the kingdom, and so as we leave, as these guys leave, and as we release them, and we bless them, and we honour them, God just gives us more. A question, please, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you've been coming to this church In the last month, two months, or this is your first time, you're a guest here this morning. Would you mind just highlighting, just put your hands up. Could you do that now? Wonderful. Can we look around, folks? I'm sorry to embarrass you. Oh, you're putting your hands down now. Don't be like that. Okay, hands down. Thank you. And I'm sorry to embarrass you in that way. But isn't that amazing? Church, and I mean people who've been around the block for a while, they're our VIP guests. Not that you're not special, because you are. But you're our VIP guest. You are so, so welcome. And um, I'd like to highlight a connection card, which Intel should have done during the notices. <laughs> this isn't a big lead-in to this, by the way. It really isn't. It really isn't. But uh, folks, if you are a guest, please fill one of those out. We'd love to give you a coffee mug uh, as well. <laughs> but that wasn't, that wasn't a big hamming it up to that. It, it simply is to say, as we give... We receive and God is adding to our number. He's blessing us and and so you folks are are so, so welcome. And church, again, I speak to those who've been around. It's okay that there are new faces. It's okay. Don't get sucked into staying safe with the people that we know, we love and we've had relationship for years. Whilst that's important, let's always be um, looking out and looking out to love other people. And to welcome other people. That would be tremendous. Intro one out the way, intro two, isn't he good? Like, just as we were worshipping this morning, I just felt like, God, you are so good, you are so good to us, and as I was thinking that, I just thought, you know, whilst that's the truth, to many of us, we receive that, and we know that, and we come into alignment with that, we agree, and we know but for others, you, you you don't quite experience that. And I'm not just talking to you if you're not a Christian. I'm talking to people who've been around the block. And And I just sense like this morning, for some of us, we need to align our minds and our hearts in a position to receive that truth. Okay? And what that means is, for some, it's actually casting off wrong thinking about ourselves and about the way we see the world and about the way we see relationship with God and it's a shift that some of us are going to need to do and I think as well that for some of us we're involved in stuff and behaviour that is just not positioning our lives in a way that God can bless us and so if we're deliberately doing stuff here, there, and everywhere, which we know isn't right, which we know isn't fulfilling, and we know does not honor the Lord. God can't reach us. He can reach us. He can break in. But do you know what I'm saying? We we need to position our hearts and our minds in a way that God can can really reveal himself and, and bless us. And he longs to do that. We can't run away from his love want to read this text to you this morning, and uh, then I'm going to talk about what many of you are going to get up to next week. And uh, for those of us who aren't going to be around next week, we still get to play, we still get an opportunity um, in the next couple of weeks or so. We're in John chapter 15, if you have a Bible, please turn. And um, we're at verse 9. Jesus is casting vision. What a visionary he was. My goodness. He just cast vision and he's communicating to his disciples, those closest the nearest and dearest to him. And he says these words. We're in uh, verse 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. We talked about the Father and the Son last week, didn't we? He experienced the love of the Father. And so, guess what? He did the same. He was the same. He displayed the same. And he displayed it to his disciples by loving them. But he encourages them. He says this, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Jesus is casting vision. Saying, have I told you this? He's commanding his disciples to love each other. As I have learned from my Father, I have made it known to you. Love each other. Go, I'm sending you. Love each other. They've seen it. They've heard it. They've experienced it. And now Jesus is saying to his disciples, go and love others. Go give it away. We're in the year 2000, summer of year 2000. And uh, Chantel and I spent 10 days in the city of Manchester. Uh, We worked for uh, an organization called Soul Survivor, which works with young people, um, hosts big, big festivals, and in that particular year, instead of having a nice festival that met in a campsite in Somerset, they decided, together with an organization in Manchester called The Message, they were formerly known, there was a band called the Worldwide Message Tribe, some of you will remember it, jumping in the house of God, jump, jump, and all that stuff. And uh, together they partnered with uh, Youth for Christ, a very well-known Christian youth organization, and then with the Oasis Trust. And they decided instead of doing um, a festival, which was a really great time worshipping the Lord together and and all the stuff, much like Summer Madness, uh, they decided to take it to the city of Manchester and do mission there. And so in the mornings they met for worship, teaching, ministry, and then they were sent out all over the city of Manchester. Chantelle and I were married three months and we were thrown into this situation and on the one hand, it was 10 days of heaven being opened out in the city of Manchester. But for 10 days it felt like hell for Chantelle and I and this is why. About two weeks before we we were due to go to Manchester I was tasked with organising transport for 11,000 people. Uh, This is a true story. It might have been three weeks. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Some research was done. A lot of research was done uh, in towards how they're going to bust. Now, they were all in teams of 25, 11,000. There were two weeks. So it was about 5,500 each week, roughly. We met in the Manchester Evening News Arena. The big, big thing in the middle. It's a bit like the Odyssey with an extra tier up the top. And so about two, three weeks before, we were tasked with transporting all these people across the city during the afternoon for a three-hour, going and serving, going and getting involved, going and touching people's lives right across um, Manchester. I remember about two days before, we'd gone up early, and I remember driving using an A to Z of Manchester because Satnav wasn't that in then at that point using an A to Z, driving across, knocking on someone's door. His name, I can't remember, but his company's name was Coach Finder. It was a a terraced house, it's totally true, a terraced house. I knock on the door, and we have been negotiating with this man. He's a one-man band, and he basically finds coaches, like big buses, coaches. And I hand him a check for something like £50,000 or something like that. And then later on, we had to pay the difference, and we paid him loads and loads of money. The long story short, we bust, we coached people through with big buses. We used the the normal bus service. They have a tram network there. They have a train network there. We used mini buses, and they walked all over to do these different projects. And I tell you, it was incredibly difficult. And I didn't have a mobile phone in those days, but they bought me a mobile phone because they needed to get hold of me all of the time. It was torture, torture. And in the evenings, lots of young people, teenagers from all over Manchester, they will come in and the evening was, there was worship and the teaching, it was very much an evangelistic sort of message, there was an opportunity for people to respond and people were giving their lives to Jesus and it was amazing, it was amazing. And I remember this time; it was, it was maybe seven or eight days into it, and we just want to go home at this point. But it is amazing still. And and the, the, you know, whoever's been speaking that night, you know, come forwards, come to the front if you want to give your life to Jesus. And honestly, there were, there were droves of people getting out of their seats and they're walking down the stairs, you know, down the terraces, down to the front. And Andy Hawthorne, who some of you might know or know of, he's in charge of the message. Uh, incredibly charismatic figure, he's like jumping up and down, giving it stacks. He's so excited because everyone's responding and all this, and he literally gets me by the by the arms. He's shaking me, going, "Paul, Paul, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? All these people are giving their lives to Jesus." And I'm thinking in my heart, "Yes, it is. It's incredible." But all I want to do is punch you in the face right now. <laughs> you don't know how difficult this has been. On the penultimate day, day nine, Chantelle and I and a couple of others, we got in a car and we drove to a number of the projects that was happening that, uh, during those 10 days. One of the projects that stood out to me, well, like it, was, it was massive. We, we were busing, I think, I think this is true from memory, it was 750 people to this one housing estate called Swinton Valley. Is that right? Uh, it was 15 coaches, I think the maths is right there, uh, that we sent there. And they went in partnership with Greater Manchester Police and they just transformed um, this, this entire state from cutting grass, from clearing areas, from painting over graffiti, from cleaning, from cleaning up uh, parks, by, um, by picking up broken glass and syringes and all kinds of different things. And the the neighbors who lived on the estate just remarked about how incredible it was during those days that the Christians came to visit, and what a remarkable difference it had made to their surrounding area. The reason I tell you this is because I could have easily come home from those 10 days going, that was great, but boy, that was hard work, and it was hard work. But it was in those afternoons when I saw with my eyes what normal people with big hearts and love for others can do for others that I went home with and I caught the vision I just thought this is amazing and this is so easy isn't it easy to go and pick up litter in your neighborhood isn't it easy to go and tell people that Jesus loves them by cutting their grass or by doing just something kind And I just came away thinking, this is brilliant. My job at Soul Survivor was working with uh, youth leaders up and down, mainly England, but across the UK and further afield a bit too. And I remember in the days after it, uh, youth leaders, youth pastors, youth workers, whatever you call them, coming to me and saying, "That, that was great, we were a part of Manchester, our youth group were there, they just loved it, it was great. How can we do that in our local area? They were asking us these questions. It kind of gave us the idea of, well, why don't we try equip some people, some youth leaders in their groups to go do this? And so in my last nine months before we moved over to Northern Ireland, I kind of switched roles and I, I, I started a project called The Noise. And it was basically an initiative. It was May Bank Holiday Weekend, the first one of the two that we have in May. And we basically threw it out there to all the contacts and said, we're going to do mission in Watford. That's where we were. That's where the church was. And we're inviting you to do the same. Would you fancy doing that? You know, three days, just serve your local community, meet with a council, see where the areas of need are, look in around your your neighborhood. What could you go and do? What could, you know, of all ages as well, that's the beauty of it. It doesn't have to be for just grown-ups. It doesn't have to be just for kids. And we're amazed. I think it was, I'm going to use numbers again. I hate it when we use it inaccurately, but I, I'm pretty sure it was over 200. It might have been 250 projects. People that registered with us and signed up, cost them a fiver, and we sent them out a little kind of resource pack that literally me and another bloke, we met for a Costa Coffee, I remember that, um, in Watford, and we threw down a few ideas of this is what to do. It like Anyone could have written it, to be honest. Go ahead, go do that. And So on that Maybank holiday weekend, all over the place, including Carrick Fergus. Because one of the noise projects were here, uh, through Phil Harrison and a number of other folks that you might know of him, they they decided to roll their sleeves up, get their hands dirty, go do it. And all over the place. And we heard story after story of uh, people going and serving their community. Now as part of that, um, Soul Survivor paid for me to go to America. It was difficult. It's really tough. This gospel thing. I went to Cincinnati Vineyard, which is, still is, is one of the largest vineyard churches in the world. And they, they started this thing years and years ago. And they coined the phrase servant evangelism. You know, when we talk about the word evangelism, it feels like a dirty word. It feels like a, one of those, I'll explain that in case you're confused by that. It's like evangelism, it's like, oh, it's like, I know we're meant to go and tell people about Jesus, but I just don't want to do that. And I think partly because we're fearful of all that stuff, I think partly it's because no one wants to knock on doors and do that sort of stuff. No one wants to stand, well, not many of us want to stand and preach Do you you know what I'm saying? But the servant evangelism stuff was just unique in that anyone and everyone can do it because it's easy to do. And I went to America and I saw all their different projects every Saturday morning. Uh, The Saturday morning I was there, at least 150, 200 people maybe. I counted in Domino's pizzas. It was 12 to 15 Domino's pizzas afterwards. And uh, they would pitch up and they would have a, you know, a Coke giveaway in this part of Cincinnati. They'd have windscreen wiping going on over this part. There'd be newspaper giveaways. There would be uh, litter picking, whatever it was. All these different ideas all across uh, the city. And as I went and as I saw again, like I'd seen in Swinton Valley in Manchester, I caught the vision of goodness, anyone can do this stuff. It's simple, it's quick. There's low risk involved on our part, but high grace. Let me read you this quote. Certain evangelism wins the heart before it confronts the mind. A small act of kindness nudges a person closer to God, often in a profound way as it bypasses one's mental defenses. Certain evangelism is simple, it's quick, easy. I don't really like the term you know, man, we've generated, this, we've generated this idea of doing things, but we kind of coin a Christian term. It's basically about just being generous. It's just about what I said right at the beginning. It's just about giving things away. It's giving things away, but it's more than that. It's deeply profound, actually. It's about giving God's love away. And so next Sunday, uh, at 10.30, Marine Gardens, At the the venue first. I didn't know that. Did you say that earlier? Ah. I was at at the toilet at that time. I was actually. So at at, at the vineyard venue. And then there. Okay, so. You need to go to the venue to get the stuff. And if you don't know where the venue is, it's near the fire. Ah, okay. You haven't said this bit though sorry, sorry. Anyway, you're going to have a great time next week, those of you who are going. Do you know what they're doing? What, did you tell them that? Oh, well, I do that, but I'm good. So you're giving away lollipops and crisps. Isn't that amazing? My goodness me. Pretty simple, isn't it? I reckon anyone can do that. I reckon anyone can, you know, go that. Now, gotta be careful, right? Because I know kids aren't are trained, aren't they, not to take sweets from strangers and all that kind of stuff. But you're in groups; it's all safe; it's all good. And you're going to give away, and you're just going to, and they're, they're going to look at you and go, "Oh, oh thanks." Some are going to walk away. Some are going to go, "No, thanks," and they're going to walk away. And someone's going to go, what's the catch? There is no catch. And that's the brilliant thing about it. Because here's the thing. In our world, nothing's for free, right? If, it's, if it seems too good to be true, it usually is. Right? But this is for free. And people will be dumbfounded and they'll say, why? Why are you doing this? And you just say, it's a simple message. It's not a catch We're just doing this. We just want to communicate. Just God loves you. That's it. Just giving this away. And some people will be really touched by that. And that's it. Some people might begin to unpack their lives with you. They'll share their stories. They'll unpack their pain. They maybe tell you stories about how they used to be part of a church or when they were kids, they used to go to GB or whatever it is. And you just get that wonderful opportunity to just... uh, just to share your life and share the love of Jesus with them. So, so that will be next week, and that will be absolutely tremendous. And the tall ships are in Carrick, is that right? Good stuff. So that's uh, next week, which is tremendous. Now, many of us will be away, but we still get to play. Here's some ideas. So when you're away and maybe you might be driving along a motorway where there's a toll booth and you have to stop. So as you pay for your toll, you pay for the car behind you. Isn't that a great idea? And then you what? You drive really slowly, (laughs) right, out, and you're looking in the mirror the whole time. You're looking to see their reaction, they're having this conversation. What, what, what? Don't even know who they are and all the rest. And if you're like me, you'll drive really, really slowly to allow the car to catch you up and pass you and kind of go, oh, it's nothing. (laughs) Just Christian, you know, Christian, love you and all that. (laughs) Okay. But if you're really holy, you'll speed off and go, that was wonderful to bless someone this morning. Paying for a drink for someone else, you're at the bar or you're having dinner or something, That could be dodgy, yes. Make sure you're, it's not, you know, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. You know, tip well. Okay? You know, don't be tight. You know, tip well. Bless people in that way. Um, And and here's what I thought. This is just the thought I had. This this might be good, this might be naff. Uh, In school here, um, they have this wonderful thing. Last year it was... um, it was like a flag, it said Carrick Focus College on it. And uh, the idea is whoever was going on holiday far and wide that you take the Carrick College flag and you photograph it and then you bring back all these photographs of all these far and away places. It was a bit of fun. Yeah, this year it's Where's Webb. Uh, Mr. Webb is the principal here and there's this caricature of him, it's quite funny actually. And the idea is to take a Where's Webb and you get a photograph and again you bring in your snaps at the end. And um, I kind of thought of a similar idea. And this could be good or it could be naff, right? But it's a where's Jesus, right? And it's not that we take a photograph of Jesus or all that stuff. But it's, let's, get, let's get some great summer stories. So as we go, as summer's out, many of us will go away at some point and many of us won't go away. We're still around, we're still sharing our lives. We get to go as scattered servants, here, there, and everywhere. But we carry the love of Jesus with us. And So let's get some stories, encounters, uh, where we have conversations, where we get to pray for people as they begin to unpack their lives, um, as we give things away and, and all the rest. And that would just be a wonderful. I have no idea of the forum how we share that, maybe through Facebook or through something, I just don't know. This morning was just, a, I guess, a way, an opportunity to sort of explain a bit about what you guys are doing next week. But the thing is, as we do that, not only does it potentially change other people's views of what they think Christians are or who we are, it communicates to them the love of God for them. But what it also does is it changes us. It changes us. As we go, we grow. Okay, and so something deeply profound will take place in your heart as you do that. You think, boldness rises up, courage rises up. And you think, goodness, this is actually all right, I can do this. And you begin to kind of think, yes, as I give away, as I give away, I come back to what I started with this morning. That kingdom dynamic as we give. Freely we've received, freely we give. We give and we want to be a people who are generous. We want to be a people who are kind. As God has given us so much of himself to us, we just want to give it away. As you give away lollipops and crisps next week, it's like sowing seeds. We can use that parable, parable of sow, we're just sowing seeds, sowing seeds. We don't know where they're going to land. We don't know where the soil is going to go. It's going to be uh, exciting. But it's not just for those next week. This is a whole thing of sharing our lives and giving our lives away. And I'm done. Yeah, that'd be good.